Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. the disciples asked Jesus to teach them to pray, he gave them this prayer. It's the Lord's Prayer. And this prayer is not just meant to be recited at, at weddings or at a funeral. It's, it's meant to be prayed. And I want to encourage you to pray it daily. Yes. I want to encourage you to, to every day to pray the Lord's Prayer. Not just say the Lord's Prayer, but pray the Lord's Prayer. So let's just go ahead and, and say it now, and then I'm going to explain more about the meaning of the Lord's Prayer as we go. Let's say it. You ready? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And everybody said... Amen, amen. Just give God a hand before you see this. Okay, you can be seated. We have went through it. We've been, we've been going through the phrases of this prayer. And again, I wrote this book because I could not tell you everything that I wanted to tell you in 30 minutes. So I, I put in some things in writing that I want you to know. But we've been going through the phrases and we said our Father. And our Father simply means this. Let's say that statement under our Father. Let's say it. You ready? Come on. God loves me no matter what. The first thing that we want to be reminded of is when we pray. The second phrase we said is, hallowed be thy name. And let's say this, what it means when we say that. So when we say, hallowed be thy name, we want to think this. I praise you, God. I praise you, God. The third phrase that we have is, your kingdom come, your will be done. So let's say what that means. Have your way, God. Have your way. And so before I give you the next phrase of the Lord's Prayer, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever maybe in your life uh, didn't have any money and you were with someone and they stopped at maybe the convenience store and said, hey, I'm going to get, a, I'm gonna get a, a, a Coca-Cola or something here to drink. Would you like something? And inside you really wanted it, but you did not want to ask them to buy it. You know, anybody ever been in that situation besides me? Okay, a lot of us have. And there's been times where I, you know, I didn't have any money. I didn't want them to, to buy it. And so I just said, no, I'm good, I'm good, no, I'm, I'm fine, I'm not, I'm not thirsty, I'm good, I'm, I'm fine. But see what the problem is, is that person had the ability to meet the need that I had. They had the willingness to meet the need I had. But because of either my embarrassment or thinking that, uh, you know, somebody else deserves it more than I do, that kind of mentality, that kind of a thinking kept me from getting my thirst quenched, Right? And it kept you from getting what you wanted because simply we didn't ask. All we had to do was that they had offered all they had to do say, yes, sure. And they would have been glad to do that. And so, with, you know, many, many of us have been on the other side of that where we offered and they refused, right? Yeah. And so we would have been glad to do that. 
What I want to tell you is that the Bible says this, is that there's many things that we don't have from God because we're not asking. Look what James 4 and 2 says this. Would you read it with me? Let's read it. You ready? You do not have because you do not ask God. You know, in other words, God's got a list of things that he'd love to do for you, and he keeps asking, hey, would you like a drink? Would you like a soda? You know, and maybe not in those particular terms, but he's asking, what well, can I, I'd like to bless you, but because you do not ask, you do not receive. And so we have to learn to ask. And so when we get to this portion of the Lord's Prayer, it is about asking. And so he says this, uh, the next phrase of the Lord's Prayer is this, look what it says, give us today our daily bread. Let's read that line. Give us today our daily bread. Now, here's what it means. Let's read it out loud. Give me what I need today, God. That's it. The Lord's Prayer, it, it's meaningful. And, and when you understand it, it has power to it. It's give me what I need today, God. Give me what I need today. So today I want to talk to you about how to receive your daily bread from God. How do you receive your daily bread from God? What you need today, how do you receive that? I want to give you three things today that I think will, will help you. And listen. I don't have a sermon today. I don't have a sermon. I have something that I've been living for the last six years. And I am so passionate to share it with you because if you, if you started reading my books, you'll see how I struggled with prayer for a long time, trying to get it right. And I feel like that the Lord has shown me through this perfect prayer, the Lord's Prayer, how to do that. And so I want to encourage you and motivate you to do, say, and pray the Lord's Prayer. So the first thing I'd like to share with you is this. The first thing is this is recognize God is the source of all life. God is the source of all life. God is not a resource. He is the source. Amen? God is the source of all life. Now, again, Matthew 6 and 11, this verse, we're going to break this verse down as we talk of the next three points. Look what it says. Matthew 6 and 11, would you emphasize those first two words? Let's read it. Ready? Come on. Give us. Give us today our daily bread. Notice how he said, give us. Give us. In other words, we need from God. We need things from God that we can't do for ourselves. Amen? Amen. We, we need God to bless us. We need God to give us. So it all starts with God. Everything starts with God. In Genesis 1 and 1, look what the Bible says in Genesis 1 and 1. Let's just read it together. Ready? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the who created the heavens and the earth? God. God. It all begins with God. Understand, it all begins with God. Now, listen, I want to tell you that, that I just get freaked out when I start trying to understand the power of God. When I, and one of the ways that, like, if, if you don't believe in God, one of the things that just gets me, the word that there has to be a God, is when I start thinking about the solar system. When I start thinking about, you know, planet Earth, and it just freaks me out. I'm like, man, how can this be? You know, I mean, it's like, how can this be? I'm going to tell you right now that you're on the right of your life. Matter of fact, uh, Rhonda and Caitlin just got back from Disney World. Uh, they went there to celebrate Rhonda's birthday. They went, I paid the bill. <laughs> it was a, they had a great time. <laughs> no, they went, Caitlin wanted to carry her down there, so she carried her down for her birthday. And Rhonda come back talking about these new rides. You know, we still like to do the rides. And she said, oh, Jeff, this ride, she was telling me about it and how great it was. But all of us have ridden maybe a roller coaster and maybe it's Six Flags. You went over here to the screen machine, you know, or the Goliath, you know, where you go about, about uh, 700 miles an hour down a hill. <laughs> I don't know, but it's, it's pretty wicked, you know. And, and when you're going there, it's fast. We're on the ride. We're like, ah! 
I'm going to tell you, you're on a ride right now. Do you know that you're on planet Earth and the Bible uh, or the scientists tell us that we are spinning 1,000 miles per hour? Do you know that? The Earth is spinning 1,000 miles an hour. I mean, we're on a ride. We should be going, ah! Right? I mean, it's like hands in the air, baby. It's right. We're on a ride 1,000 miles an hour. Do you know that we're not only we spending 1,000 miles an hour, but also that the earth is tilted on a 23.5 degree axis and, and it's spinning 1,000 miles an hour. And not only is it spinning 1,000 miles an hour, but it is rotating around the sun at 91 million miles from the sun. We're rotating around the sun. And not only that, do we find that we're rotating around the sun, but also we have a moon. And the moon is rotating around the earth and the moon is spinning at 2,288 miles miles an hour. Can you believe all this is happening at one time? How is that happening? How is the earth sitting at 23 degree axis and it's never moved from that position. It's spinning right on its axis and it's going right around the sun every year after year after year. I've lived 52 years and I've witnessed it. It's never changed in 52 years. We've had winter, spring, or summer and fall. Amen? Amen. Because God has made it all happen. What I'm trying to tell you is God told the earth, you stay right there and you spend 1,000 miles an hour. Why did he tell it 1,000 miles an hour? Because anything faster would smush us to the ground and anything less, we'd float away. He created gravity, amen? I want you to know that God, it all began with God. It all began with God. It all begins with God. Your life begins to live with God, amen? With God. With God, it reminds me of a story I read where a watchmaker, uh, a guy that was in a field and he kicked the dirt and looked down and, and he saw a, a, something on the ground. He picked it up and he'd never seen a pocket watch before. And he picked up that watch and he dusted it off and he looked and he said, you know what? If there's a watch, there must be a watchmaker. And I'm telling you, if there's, a, if there's an earth, there has to be an earth maker, amen? And if there's a sun, there has to be a sun maker. And, and if there's a moon, there has to be a moon maker, Amen. I'm telling you, God is a maker. It all starts with God. Amen. It all starts with God. Romans 1 and 20 says that this, I love this passage, it says this, for ever since the beginning of the world, ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky through everything God made. They can clearly see that his invisible qualities, his eternal power and his divine nature. Would you read the last part with me? So that they have no excuse for not knowing it. You have no excuse because when you look at the sky and you look at the stars and you look at all that we have here, there has to be a God, amen? amen. I read this, uh, this week, I come across an article that had been written a while back and it was on the, uh, I found it on the internet and it said, science finds God. It was in Newsweek, science finds God. And I read of a man there that was a scientist. He'd been a scientist all his life, studied the planets and the solar system. And, and at, at the age of 50, he finally said, I surrendered. He said, I realized that as I studied the solar system, that how that everything was intact and everything was in place. And there, were, there was no, no reason for everything to just hang in the middle of nothing and stay in this perfect form. There was no reason for that except for there had to be a God. Amen. And I want to tell you, there's a God. And God created, everything begins with God. You say, well, Pastor Jeff, you know what? I just don't believe. Well, let me, I don't believe God exists. Well, let me just say this to you. Just because you don't believe it doesn't change the fact that he exists. <laughs> Amen? You know, you could say, hey, I don't believe in gravity. Well, 
Just because you don't believe it doesn't change it. You can climb on the top of this church, baby, and if you jump off, you're going to slap the ground. Because they're great, right? You, you say, I don't believe in gravity, but he, look, I don't believe in gravity. Well, you let that baby go, and it's hitting the ground. That's gravity. Whether you believe it or not, it's real. And I want to tell you, everything begins with God, but watch this. Everything will end with God as well. Everything will end with God. Your life, that when it's over, and it will be over one day, when it's over, all that's going to matter is that do you know God? Because you're going to meet him. Everybody, even those that don't believe in him are going to meet him. And you're going to meet him face to face. And all that's going to matter is he's going to ask you, did you know my son Jesus? Did you accept my son Jesus into your life? Amen? If you do not know Jesus today, there's no need going any longer without it. Why don't you, those that are watching it as well, why don't you stop right now and say, dear Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. I need your help to do your will. And I need you to save me. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. And if you prayed that prayer, my friends, I want you to know you're part of God's family now. And you can rest better. You know why? Because when it is your time to be over here, it just starts there with him. Forever and ever and ever in eternity. Can we give God a hand for that? Amen. I want to say this to you today as well. Is that if you pray that prayer, we want you to check it on your card. If we're the digitally, or, and there's, a, uh, there's actually a number that you can text into. Text the words following Christ to so that we can pray for you and that we can get you some more material to help you. All right. Come on, let's say this is coming up on the screen, the, our statement. You ready? Here we go. Give us today our daily bread. Ready? Let's read that statement. Give me what I need today, God. Give me what I need today. Give us today our daily bread. Give me what I need today, God. Give us what I need today. Okay. So the second thing, again, the second thing I'd like to share with you today, how to receive your daily bread from God, number two is trust God for today's needs. Trust God for today's needs. Trust God for today's needs. There's a Matthew 6 and 11 again. Let's read out loud. Let's emphasize what's underlined. You ready? Give us today our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. This is what I'm about to share with you is life-changing. And I can tell you that I struggle with this. Is that when you get to this point in the prayer, give us, give us everything comes from God. Give us today. That means today. Not yesterday. Many of us spend our lives living our lives in yesterday. You know that it's okay to have a past, but don't let your past have you. Amen? And like, so some of us are, we can never get past what happened to us a long time ago or what we did that we regretted. Has anybody, has anybody in this room ever done something you regretted? Anybody besides me? Yes. Okay. All of us. And so there's things in our past that we wish we could, re, we could actually say, okay, I wish that didn't do that. I wish that didn't happen to me. And when you focus on yesterday, then you, you're losing life because you're filled with, with uh, resentment and you're, you're, you're filled with regret and you're just filled with disappointment and you'll never have joy as long as you're looking back. Amen? And then also, my struggle, more than looking back, is looking ahead. I mean, like, listen, my life, I've spent my life preparing for what's come. I'm always like tomorrow morning, it'll start all over. Sunday's coming again next week. And so it's like, okay, you got to get that sermon ready for next week. And it starts all over tomorrow morning. <laughs> and I'm preparing. And I've, listen, my assistant, Emma, 
Uh, maybe you've met her. She's 19 years old, and she's always telling me what I got to do. <laughs> My life is run by a 19-year-old, you know? It's crazy. And so she'll meet me tomorrow at lunchtime, and she'll say, okay, she's already told me today, all right? Okay, tomorrow morning, you got to do this, this, and this. And so she'll say, you meet with these people, these people, and this is going on. And I'm like, I'm living my life so much in the future, it's so hard to enjoy today, amen? But what I want to tell you is this is what I'm learning. And this week, this is what the Holy Spirit spoke to me. This week as I was studying, you know, the Lord uh, convicted me about this. And that, you know, every day I should say, God, you've given me this day. Yes, I want to plan for the future, but when I live too much in the future, there's too much what ifs, right? What if this happens? What if that happens? What if this doesn't happen? What are we going to do when this happens? And you start living in the what ifs. And when you're living in the what ifs, guess what? Fear begins to grow inside of you. And anxiety begins to grow inside of you. What if this happens? What if this happens? And you, you begin to, to, to lose the joy of today because you're so worried about what might happen that's probably never going to happen. Amen? And so what God is saying, what Jesus is saying, when you pray, give us today, today our daily bread. Lord, I'm going to release yesterday. I'm going to trust you with tomorrow, and I'm going to live my life today because I'm not promised tomorrow. Amen, everybody? Hallelujah. Listen, if you can receive that today, you're going to find joy that you've been missing. And I've been, I've been missing it because we're too busy. Life slows down when you live today. Yeah, we're alive today, but we're living tomorrow or living yesterday. Quit reliving that. Jesus said it this way, Matthew 6 and 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Can I stop right there and just say this? He says, seek first. I know there's a lot of people that tell me, so, Pastor, you know, I pray at night before I go to sleep. Wonderful. Praise God. I'm glad that you do. But I want to encourage you to pray in the morning when you first get up as well. You say, why would you do that? Let me tell you why. Because, like, if there was a, you know, these musicians that play in this band up here, don't they do an awesome job? Hey, man, they're awesome. But if they come up, if that guy come over here with a guitar, and you know what? After service, he said, well, now I need to tune my guitar after the service is over. I'm like, man, why didn't you tune that before we started? Because it was horrible while you was playing, right? You should have tuned it before. You see, when we pray after, at night after we've lived our day, it's like tuning our instrument after the concert's over, after the service is over, right? I want to challenge you when you get up. Why don't you go ahead and tune your instrument when you first get up in the morning and say, God, give me today. This is my day, my daily bread. Amen? amen? Oh, yes, amen. You see, I read this a long time ago, a poem that said this, yesterday's history, tomorrow's a mystery. But today's a gift. That's why it's called the present. Amen? Amen. 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 Let's live in the present. Give us this day. Come on, let's coming up on the screen. Let's say it again. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us what we need today. Give me what I need today, God. Give me what I need today. The, second, the third thing I would tell you about how to receive your daily bread from God is number three is this, is ask God to give you what you really need. Not what I think I need, but what I really need. God, you know what I really need. Give me what I really need. Again, going back to Matthew 6 and 11, look what it says. Give us today our what? Daily bread. Daily bread. What I really, really need. Listen, you moms know all about this. You know what your children's cry means. I mean, like, Rhonda was so intuitive to our children's cries. I wasn't. Like, I would, you know, we would... We would be doing something, and the kids would be in another room, and all of a sudden, she'd hear one of them start crying. 
I say, I just say immediately, well, wonder what's wrong with them. She says, oh, they're hungry. I said, what do you, what do you mean? They're hungry because they've had this cry. She said, that's a hungry cry. I said, okay, all right then. So sure enough, she'd go get them, you know, whatever, a bottle or feed them or something. They'd be all right. And then after, you know, another time we'd be, and they, we'd be doing something, they'd be not in our presence, and she would, and all of a sudden we'd hear, a, uh, I said, what's that? What, what's wrong with them now? She said, oh, that's tired. They're tired. They need a nap. Sure enough, she'd go in there and get them and just rock them about three seconds, and they'd be passed out, you know? Amazing. And then we'd hear, ah, 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 and then Rhonda would run. I'm like, what's wrong? Some, they're hurt. Yeah. She'd run to them because they was hurt, you know. She knew, she knew when it was a hungry cry, a tired cry, and a hurt cry. Yeah. I didn't know all that, but she knew it. Yeah. And I want to tell you, your heavenly father knows your cry as well. Oh. Yeah. He knows when you're hungry. He knows when you're tired, and he knows when you're hurting. Amen? He knows your, he knows your voice, and he knows your cry. Hallelujah. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. He knows your cry. He knows your cry. Pastor Chen of China shared that he was pastor of, a, of the underground church in China. And by the way, let me say this, that we need to pray for the Christians in China right now more than ever before. This president they have right now is persecuting Christians in a, in a, in a horrible way. He spent 18 years in the communist China's prison because he was preaching the gospel as a pastor. They arrested him and they said, we're going to break you. You're going to give up your faith. We're going to break you. And so when, he, when they took him into prison, they began to beat him. And he wasn't only beaten by the prison guards, but also the other prisoners there didn't like him either because he claimed to be a Christian. And so they beat him in the cells. And so his whole, for years, for 12 years, he lived in this uh, in this environment where it was hard labor work, and he, he never had a moment alone with God at all. The only time that he could pray was from his heart. He could not pray out loud because he was always with other guards or prisoners. And so he had to pray from his heart. And so he would pray this prayer under his breath. He would say, he would say, God, I just wish I had some time alone with you. God, I just need some time alone with you. That would strengthen my soul. And then after 12 years of being in prison, they come and guide him. They said, okay, we got a job for you. We're going to break you. We're going to let you give up your faith and just faith in God. And they took him to the, to the sewage area. And they said, your job now is that you're going to get into that sewage pond and you're going to walk around up to this deep. And your job every day is just to keep that stirred. And the way you're going to keep it stirred is you got to do, you just got to walk around and around in it. He said the stench was so bad that he, he just he threw up, and it was horrible. And he thought, oh, God, I'm going to die in here. How am I going to do this? God, 12 years I, I've been in this prison, and now they've put me in the, in the sewage room, and I've got to walk around in the sewage. And he said after he, he got over saying all of that to God, then he realized he was alone with God. He said, God had given me my daily bread. What I'd asked for was, God, let me be alone with you. And he said he began to lift his hands up, and as he walked around in that sewage, he began to say, I, he walks with me, and he talks with me, and I know that I am his own. 
And he said, he always is with me. And he began to sing that old song. He walks with me and he talks with me. And he just began to lift his hand and he would pray as he made his way around in that sewage. And he said, you know what began to happen? He said, that's just after about 30 minutes of being there and me worshiping God. All of a sudden, that old stench left my nose. He said, I know I didn't leave the room, but God let like the smell of roses begin to get in my nose. And the aroma of God was stronger than the aroma of the sewage. He said, I began to lift my hands and worship God. He said, it got to the point to where every day I look forward to going to the sewage so I could be alone with God. Six years, six years, he walked in the sewage, stirring it. Six years. After his six years, which had been a total of 18 years, he'd been in prison, he was released. When he went back to his church, you know, there, it was the underground church, and he thought after 18 years, there's probably nobody left. And he met one of the young men that had been a disciple of his. And he come running out to him. He said, Pastor Chin, Pastor Chin, welcome home, welcome home. And Pastor Chin said, I'm glad to be here. How's the church? He said, you're not going to believe it. But about six years ago, <laughs> when, when Pastor Chin went into the sewage and, and began to pray for this church and worship God, about six years ago, God poured his Holy Spirit out on our church. And no longer are we a 100-member church. We have 5,000 members now because of what God has done. Hallelujah. He gives us our daily bread. You may be walking in the sewage of life right now and feel like you don't know why you're here and you've been praying to get out. I would tell you, just lift up your hands and say, God, give me this day my daily bread and watch what God will do. Amen, everybody. No matter where you are, that job may feel like the sewage. That classroom that, that you're going to may feel like the sewage. But God is with you. I love what Paul said in Philippians 4, 19. Look what it says. It's coming up. And my God will meet all of your what? All of your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Her name was Johanna. Johanna was a Swedish girl. She was 16 years old. She began to pray this, give me this day my daily bread kind of prayer. And one day she got out, she walked out on the sidewalks of Sweden. And as she looked around, she noticed that how that there was, you know, the people of Sweden have been known to not be uh, expressive. They don't express their emotions in public. And everybody just sort of had this somber look and she just stopped right there on that sidewalk and she said, God, give me my daily bread. And then she opened her eyes. And when she opened her eyes, she saw this young woman walking with a cell phone in her hand and weeping, sobbing. And she said the only thing that she knew to do was just to throw her arms open. And she said, for whatever reason, I just did like this. And she said, that young woman walked right into my arms and I hugged her. And she embraced me and she was just sobbing on my shoulder, crying so hard on my shoulder. And she said, I whispered into her ear, can I, would you mind if I pray for you? And the young girl said, yes. And so they went to an, uh, an area right there behind one of the little buildings. And they began to pray and, and they, she prayed for it. And she told that young lady about Jesus and how that Jesus could help her with whatever was going on. And, and that lady agreed to, to accept Jesus. Yes. And in that conversation, Johanna, she said, Johanna, you don't understand. One month ago, I began to plan on this day that I would end my life. 
And she said, I was talking on the phone to the only person that I believe loved me, and that was my aunt. And I had stationed everything as 10 minutes away, and I called her when I got 10 minutes away so that she could not rescue me. And I was ending my life, and I was just telling her I loved her and that I was, I was going to miss her, but I was going to end my life. And said, I hung up the phone, and I was sobbing. And then the next thought I saw was you with your arms stretched out. It was this something embraced me inside of you. And that lady said, I was 10 minutes away from ending my life. You see, you may be sitting here today and saying, you know what, Pastor Jeff, I got my daily needs met. I got food. I got shelter. I got family, so I'm good. Let me tell you something. Your greatest need in life may not be your daily need. It may be the need to meet somebody else's need. The greatest need in life. Your greatest need in life is not about you. It's not about you. And to see the thing that COVID-19 has done to all of us, it said, oh, it's about me. I got to protect me. I got to protect my family. And so it's all about stay away from me. And we're dying. We're drying up. Why, why, why are more people engaging in alcohol than ever before? Why is drug abuse so high right now? Why is divorce so high right now? Because it's, it's about me. It's about me. When God's called you to be like Johanna, God, give me my daily bread today. What I need today, God, and your greatest need is to meet someone else's need. And the question is, will you stretch out your hands? Isn't it amazing how Jesus did that on the cross, isn't he? He just stretched his arms out like this to embrace you. Let me tell you something. At SEC, we believe in that the greatest thing we can do is meet somebody else's need. Next Saturday, next Saturday, we're going to go to a house called Forsera. It's a house that's been designated of rescuing young women that have been involved in sex trafficking. Some of these ladies have been involved in prostitution and it's not by their choice. They were forced into it. When people, when people force you into it by, by taking your kids and things like that and telling you what they're going to do to your kids. And so this is a house where when, when these ladies have been rescued, that they can come with their children and get away from that environment. It's a safe house. It's like someone's got their arms stretched out like this and says, you know, Lord, give me this day my daily bread and, and they can walk in and be loved and cared for it and protected. And so you know what we're gonna do ne next week? We're gonna go down there. We're gonna fix their yards. We're gonna do some painting that they need. And we're gonna make sure that that house for Sarah, that when those young women walk in, that the spirit of God meets them at the door with the arms stretched wide open, that their lives can be changed, amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. Listen, the world needs Jesus. And the greatest need in your life is to meet somebody else's need. And listen, in 2020, right now, I know this has been the longest five years of one year, hasn't it? It's been, we've lived five years in 2020, haven't we? 
But I want you to know, I want you to know the greatest need in your life is to meet someone else's needs. That's the greatest need. And listen, we want to give you that opportunity. We want you to serve God through SEC. Amen? And we want to provide opportunities. I want you to sign up and say, I'll go with you, Pastor Jeff, and we'll make a difference in this community. It's not about us, everybody. It's not about us. You can... You can come to this church and you can sit and you can soak and you will sour. Amen. Or you can decide that I'm going to get involved. And we always say at SEC, listen, if you're helping row the boat, baby, you ain't got time to rock it. Amen. Let's get it on with Jesus. Amen. Growth track. You hear me say it every week, growth track. Why don't I want you to go to growth track? I'll tell you why. It's because you got an eternal assignment. Because see, when these people are standing in the parking lot out there, waving and greeting people, they realize that they're Johanna with their arms open because somebody needs Jesus. When they're standing at these doors out here greeting you, how are you doing? Hey, it's good to see you today. You know what they're doing? Being Johanna. They're putting their arms out. When they're working in those nurseries back there, serving, rocking those babies and pre- teaching those preschool kids and the, those elementary kids upstairs, what are they doing? They're reaching their arms out. And tonight, tonight at 5 o'clock, there'll be a bunch of them that'll be here at 5 o'clock working with teenagers tonight, stretching their arms out and saying, God, give me this day my daily bread because my greatest need is to meet the need of someone else. Would you stand with me? I've asked the band to sing this song. It simply says the world needs Jesus. And what I want to ask you is this, is while we sing this song, will you make this your prayer? That God, I'm going to do my very best. I'm going to do my very, very best to give the world Jesus. Because that's what we all need right now. Amen? Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.